on the Aggie Sports Network. From Learfield, from Old Chicago, welcome to the Aggies Coaches Show. Brought to you by Old Chicago, home of the Aggies Coaches Show. SC Needham Jewelers, where Utah gets engaged. America First Credit Union, financial solutions for every need. GEICO, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Larry H. Miller Dealerships, driven by you and by Stokes. Stokes Trucking, doing the right thing since 1979. Now, the Aggies Coaches Show. Here's the voice of the Aggies, Scott Gerrard. Hey, welcome in. It's the Blake Anderson Coaches Show, and we are live here at Old Chicago talking about the 3-0 Utah State Aggies undefeated going into Boise State. And, Coach, has a nice ring to it, doesn't it? It has a really nice ring to it. It has a really nice ring. Proud of the guys, man. Just It has been stressful, but it's been fun. Yeah. And uh, luckily we've come out on top in three crazy games. I don't know. I I think you asked me. I, I've never been through a three-game stretch quite like this in my career, and I've been coaching a while. So uh, the resiliency that they've shown, the ability to play 60 minutes, come from behind, double-digit, um, you know, that's several times. The other, I don't know what it was. It's three or four different times we were down yeah. by 10 or more. And um, just guys, I, I told them in, in the locker room afterwards, I told them again after watching on tape, they deserve a tremendous amount of credit for their will to win and their belief in what we're doing and the fact that they don't they, they just don't get down and they just don't quit. And that's a that's a great quality to build on. Is that a quality that that you can recruit to? I mean, can you can you see that in a kid early on or is that is it something they develop throughout age because I mean, you've got a group of guys here that whether you found them or or developed it or whatever the case was, I mean, the the no quit on these guys is just through the roof. Yes, yeah, it's some of both. I mean, you obviously look for it in recruiting. It's not like seeing a guy run a 40. It's yeah. not like seeing a guy do a bench press. So as you get to know them, there's just that winning quality that some guys have, that competitive winning quality that you can see in their effort level, how they prepare. And sometimes you see it in things outside of football. You see it in how they do other things in their life. I mean, it's, it's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. Yeah. You can develop it, obviously, and I think we've done a really good job of, of fostering that. And you can talk to the guys later about – just some of the things on a day-to-day basis that we do that, that go from, from football to academics to the accountability measures that we have in those areas to the off-season program and the way Coach Jackson and his crew mirror what we mirror in football. But then I think it's also contagious when you get some guys that do buy in. It just has a chance to spread, and, and that's where we're at. The leaders of our football team have decided that it's important because we've made it important. They've made it important, and now – I think we're getting it collectively. Yeah. Uh, and, and it is – luckily we've seen some success, and success kind of breeds more success in that same fashion. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, obviously, Coach Jackson and this training staff put him through the ringer. Yeah. You put him in the ring, through the ringer in fall camp, and it's a lot of work. It's a lot of sore muscles and a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. But then when you see the result of that, yeah. i got to imagine then it, everybody really buys in. Well, it does. I mean, obviously, when you can see the, the work that we've done, the, the madness that we kind of put them through, and, and believe me, there's some of it is just organized chaos, uh, grueling. Um, when you can see in the fourth quarter that you still have energy and the opponent doesn't, when you can see that maybe a guy that physically was was stronger than you in the first quarter and in the third and fourth quarter you're stronger than him because of that ability to continue to go, I think our guys are just like, man, this stuff, this, there is a method to it. It does fit. It does work with what we do. 
and they just keep pushing harder. Yeah. And you get better results. And we'll get better and better as we get stronger, uh, we, as we develop more. Uh, we'll get better and better at what we're doing. But this is a great starting point, obviously, and it'll build a foundation that we, we really can recruit to and develop inside of it. You know, and we'll talk more about this Air Force game, but everybody's going to talk about all the big plays and the uh, and, 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 and Calvin's big run. and all. There's so many great things to choose from. But what I love, and I don't know, I'm old-school football guy, is you get the fumble and you need one first down to put the game away. And three run plays – third and one, get the first down, game's over at that point. Yeah. And I love it when you're just like, you know what? we got to get that one first down. we got to move the chains once. Power football, let's go, and you get it and end the game. Yeah, and, and to me, that's that's the deal. If, if you don't have to put the defense back out on the field, then, then you you showed they knew we were going to run it. We knew we were going to run it. There was, no, there was no chance the ball was going in the yeah. air, and we were still able to move the ball. And, and, and that fourth quarter environment where we're physical enough and strong enough and have the ability to do that. We've done that, had to do kind of that similar approach in, in all three games, and, and I love the fact that we've been able to finish that way. So you're down double digits four times in that game, uh, down 11 at halftime. I'm always kind of curious to know because, you know, if you watch a lot of football movies, you think the what the halftime is like and they yelling and screaming and throwing stuff against the walls. And I'm, I'm kind of curious, what are conversations like at halftime in those types of situations or on the sideline when things aren't going going your way? Uh, you know, it's just not – I don't know. I mean, I, the only time I really ever feel like it's necessary for me to scream and yell is if our guys aren't playing hard. Yeah. I mean, if we're making mistakes, we need to teach and fix it. Uh, I, I tell our guys, we're not going to go out and get – you know, we, we travel with 74 guys. We're not going to go get 74 more. Those are the guys that are going out the next series. So beating them down does us no good. If we're not playing hard, then I have no problem getting knee-deep in the middle of them. And I will I – will, I will lose it. Yeah. But that's not been the case. We made some mistakes. Let's go fix some mistakes. Let's go teach. Let's go make adjustments. And if you've watched, we have had great second halves. And we have made very minor adjustments. What we've done is settle them down, build them up, fix a few things, and go out and play. And 36 to 21 in the second half yeah. the other night. And, and, and we didn't change anything. I just told them, guys, we're right where we need to be. Let's go out and play better ball. Let's let's do what we were in coach to do. I didn't raise my voice at all, really, other than just trying to fire them up. But I, I just feel like that environment, I think they respond better to that. Now, like I said, they know good and well if a guy doesn't give great effort, I'm coming, I'm coming for him. But that's just not the environment we have. Our guys are playing hard. We just need to play more detailed, better football. And at times we did it the other night when we had to have it really the most. Well, you've got three games under your belt, and you've given up a grand total of 10 points in the fourth quarter Yeah, yeah with all three games combined. Um, is that – and i got to imagine the answer is probably all the above, but conditioning, adjustments, execution, all yeah. that stuff I'm yeah. sure is in play there. No, I think so. I think the ability to think well and, and, and make the, the play when you have to, the physical nature of being able to – I mean, still, you still breathe – I mean, you're, you feel fresh. Yeah. I mean, when you get tired, you make mistakes. Our guys are – Tired but not exhausted. And so all that works together. I, I do think we've made some really good key, very small, minor adjustments that, that kids have responded well to on both sides of the ball. And we've gone out and, and made plays where we had to. Uh, so I think it all, it all yes, fits in, into our formula of how we're going to stay competitive and, and play 60 minutes with anybody that, that we play against. You probably can't fill up a tank of gas right now with somebody asking you about Logan Bonner and Andrew Peasley. You mentioned earlier today, Bonner, you, you anticipate is going to be yeah. healthy. 
Um, yeah. Do you feel like the same rotation going forward? Yeah, and we don't really know what that rotation is, to be honest with you. Yeah. They don't know. We don't know. It's kind of by feel. Uh, I'm beyond proud of how Peasley uh, prepared uh, in, in the role. He didn't know how much he was going to play. We did have a package to play him some, but he, he didn't know the role. And when, when Logan went down, uh, he made it clear, Coach, I, I think we're better off with Peasley. I, 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 can't, I can't do what I need to do. Unselfish, number one, and Peasley completely ready yeah. to go, number two. Uh, that, that is, to me, being great teammates, pulling for each other, leaning on each other, preparing to play, and it, it, it won a game for us. If he didn't go in and play like he did, now it looked completely different than Bonner. I mean, they don't, they don't look anything alike. Yeah. They've got completely different styles. Good luck to defensive coordinators figuring out, you know, what's coming next. I, I kind of like the idea that we have the ability to change the pace. Um, you see it in basketball at times with a different type of point guard or maybe a different lineup, big, small. Yeah. You throw two fo- quarterbacks out there that are both ready to play, that have different skill sets. I mean, like, good luck trying to figure out exactly what I'm going to see next. You mentioned uh, before the North Dakota game that you didn't feel like you put Peasley in a good chance at that series no. at the end of the first half. What was done differently to make sure that he was ready to go in this one? He warmed up after every series. He stayed okay. ready to go every series because, number one, he doesn't know if, if Logan's going to go down. And there are some packages that we want to insert him in the middle of a drive. So he needs to prepare every series as if he's going out and be ready to go. We did a really poor job of that against North Dakota. He went out cold, and he did not have a good series. That was completely our fault. And we, we fixed that and, and made sure that he, he was ready. And you got to give him credit for being mentally in tune to what we're doing. Yeah. We didn't miss a beat offensively when he went out. No, you did not. And uh, I think four out of the five series he had, he scored touchdowns yeah. on those. Yeah. And, uh, and did some strange stuff with his feet, too, that you just can't script. I mean, that two-point conversion. I mean, I, well, it's that incredible. And the, and the third down yeah, conversion third down. in open field that I think he went back I don't know, probably 10, 12 yards before he even started downhill. I'm holding my breath the whole time, by the way, because none of it is what we scripted. But <laughs> uh, five different guys had a chance to bring him down. He just he has a very unique skill set with the ball in his hands out in open space, and he creates some problems for folks. And certainly confidence isn't an issue there either. No, that dude loves to play. He's competitive. Both of them are. Uh, just just have used different skill sets to move the chains. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about Calvin Tyler too because – uh, did you know he had the kind of speed to pull away? The, Heck like no. He did? <laughs> Heck no. I, I, I really surprised all of us. Uh, you know, he hasn't really been in that, you know, I haven't seen that of him. I've yeah. seen some really good runs, but even in fall camp and scrimmages, I'm not sure that he ever really took one, you know, the distance. He made explosive plays, but typically got bottled up. So for him to get out in an open space and not get caught, was huge. Clearly, you don't want to go down there and have to try to score down inside a tight area. So getting, you know, that home run, you know, kind of break it type speed was something I really hadn't seen from him. But I'm not sure that I, I, I was all that surprised. He just keeps getting better. Yeah. You can see he's starting to get in a rhythm. He's starting to extend plays uh, at that point. Uh, got a really, really key block from uh, Big McGriff out on the on the edge. Wasn't physical, but it was right at the, at the right time. You know, I, I wanted to give him a shout-out too because all I can see – Maybe sometimes when one of those quick passes don't go well, and you can see, you know, you guys are getting after him for his blocking sometimes. But he had the he had a key block in North Dakota, the oh, spring huge. DT. He yeah. had that one for uh, to get Calvin Tyler yeah. the the look. And so there's there's been some key moments for him in with that big body blocking. Yeah, and and we we ask you know we ask a lot of those guys out in space at times. I mean, that's a tough environment to be in. A lot of times you get called for holding, but we haven't had a lot of those. Yeah, we've had some key, you know, being in the right spot 
given the effort, and that was that one was as big. Because, again, it wasn't a big block, but he had to be out there a while and could have very easily got called for holding, but he did a great job technically, and next thing you know, it pops. Another player I want to focus on a little bit, and I, uh, if you were listening on the radio, I kind of screwed up the call on this one because I see the touchdown catch, and I'm looking, I'm like, that's not Sturzer. Who is That's Carson Terrell. <laughs> and I don't know if we'd seen him in the game before then, but he comes in, gets the touchdown catch, and then the huge fourth down conversion yeah. on the shovel pass. Uh, it's great to see him back out on yeah, the field. Yeah, we've been missing him. Uh, he wanted to get out the week before. We just didn't feel like he was quite ready. He probably would have been fine, but I, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be able to sleep at night knowing I put a guy out before he was yeah. really physically ready. Uh, he, his parents, all of us were on the same page. We had a we had a full contact practice with him Friday morning just to make sure, and he did great. Uh, he did not play probably as much as he will. I mean, he'll his role will get bigger and bigger. Although Sturzer did a phenomenal job. In his absence, when you consider Sturzer was literally the third-string tight end when the season started. With Brock Lane going down, yeah. Carson going down, he's played a bunch in three games and done a phenomenal job. It is good, though, to get Carson back. Just his maturity, uh, he, he's such a good blocker. Some of the big key runs later in the game, he was right there moving bodies. And it was good to see him get in the end zone. Um, what what – what does he add when he's fully healthy and you're playing him a lot? What does he add to the offense? Well, he really can do everything you need him to do. Uh, he, he's played so many snaps. He has a, a really calm demeanor about him. He's very competitive, and he is a physical blocker. And Sturzer is going to be that guy, but there's still some things he just hasn't he hasn't seen, hasn't yeah. faced. At times, he got himself a little bit out of position. And, and a guy like Carson who's played so many snaps, he is very calm. That fourth and five. I mean, to be able to just maneuver his way through the traffic and get the first down, game's on line. We don't get it, game's over. Yeah. I mean, literally, the clock's going to run out. They're going to kick a field goal or score a touchdown, game's over. That calmness that you get from a mature player like Carson is, is something you really can't coach. It just has to come from reps. Yeah, I was going to ask you, given the landscape of what that game was looking like, that was a no-brainer. You had to go for it. Yeah, I never, never, never considered anything else. Just the time, the time of possession that they – typically could run off we had struggled honestly to get him off the field uh i just felt like we we had to go i told coach tuck hey we're in four down territory all the way down it, it helps you make play calls on second and third down i thought we maneuvered it really really well and then we hit the big the big run uh and then also um i mean two-time mountain west conference defensive player of the week back to back you just can't say enough about justin rice i mean just what a special player and the awareness of seeing the quarterback, and he mentioned during practice you guys had noticed that he got a little loosey-goosey with yep. the ball sometimes, and he got in there and just, I mean, that was a man's play to rip that yeah, thing out. Yeah, that, was, that wasn't your just, you know, coming there and hit the guy and the ball comes out. He had to literally rip the ball out. To have the awareness, peace of mind, and presence, that's kind of what we talked about, Carson Terrell. Yeah. Things just for a guy that, that has played that many snaps, that has that much confidence in the job that he's doing, that's prepared, he can just kind of slow things down in his mind. And, and he, you could see him play off the block, get himself in position to make the tackle, and then find the tip of the ball and rip it out. Um, I mean, I don't know. The, the, stopping those guys from getting yep. in was going to be difficult, and, and that, was a, that was a huge play to, to get it back to us. Monty McGarry's the one that falls on it. Yeah. Are we going to probably have to – you know, you mentioned Tatum's probably going to be out for a bit. Yeah. Um, is McGarry a guy uh, that you may lean on a little bit? Yeah, he'll play more, Hunter. Obviously, you know, it'll be a rotation Shaq. And, yeah. And, Sha and Shaq will be feeling better too. He played, obviously, with the brace and, and didn't feel great. Uh, we'll, have to, we'll have to rotate those guys. But Monty's getting better and better. He was the latest you – know, we had Hunter through the spring. We did not have Monty. Took him a little he's, – he's now catching up. You can see his experience starting to play out. 
uh, all those guys will have to will have to play significant snaps. Did you have some experience with him? I mean, so I went to Troy. I don't know if you were in on the early recruiting on him. Or... Well, Coach Brown, you know, our, our secondary coach, uh, corners coach, really had a great relationship with him. Okay. Uh, only only experience I had with him was just kind of talking smack to him because we were playing against him in conference. But uh, he's done a really good job. He's starting on on several, if not all, special teams. And we talked to him all the time about being the first to the ground. Ball on the ground, we're going to be first to the ground. And he saw it and, and he got on it and clearly uh, recovered it. Man, it was huge. Uh, breath of relief for me over there. I bet. Well, we got a lot to talk about. Now we turn the page and it's at Boise State. Uh, we got Boise State rolling into town, an early morning game. How does that impact this team? Also, your questions coming up next. If you've got a question for Coach, uh, we'd love to hear from you as well. We're live here at Old Chicago. It's the Blake Anderson Coaches Show from Learfield. All right, welcome on back to Old Chicago. It's your Blake Anderson Coaches Show. Hey, make sure if you are here and uh, if you're a future Coaches Shows, uh, make sure to show us your USU Credit Union Aggie card. That'll get you entered to win all kinds of great prizes as well, all brought to you by USU Credit Union. Utah State and Boise State, it is a game that I know a lot of Aggie fans look forward to. By the way, if you've got questions for Coach, raise your hand. Ajay will get the mic out to you. We'd love to hear from you if you've got something you would like to uh, ask Coach about. But uh, the Broncos, I mean, enough said. You know everything you need to know about these guys. I mean, they are who they are. They're a traditional powerhouse, and anytime you line up on the field, I don't care if they're one and two, this is still always a really, really good team. Well, they've lost to two really good teams. I mean, they've played a great schedule. Uh, they won the game they were abs- absolutely supposed to win. They played really well in the other two and, and lost a very good football team. So, yeah, throw the record out of the window. They yeah. can play. And uh, physically the best team we've seen this year, hands down. Uh, across the board, so it'll be a huge challenge. All right, I believe we got our first question here, uh, Coach. So, um, uh, one of the things early on that fans have uh, noticed is the the energy, you know, on our sideline, and not just the players, but the coaches, you know, coming off defense, offense. And so, I was curious if, if that's something when you're hiring your coaching staff, do you look for that in the personality? Is that something that you teach? Because uh, it's definitely that energy is resonating with fans. Yeah, absolutely both, to be honest with you. Um, want to find that in the in the recruitment process of hiring coaches. Uh, I make it really clear that I want a high-energy, low-ego staff. I want guys that check their egos at the door and give tons of energy. Tell them all the time I don't want anybody coaching with their hands in their pocket. Everybody should be moving around. And, but um, it, it becomes contagious, in my opinion. We, uh, if, we, we, if we expect energy out of these guys, we've got to show energy. We, 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 we can't stand still and, and be reserved. Now, we got to keep it in check, too. we got to make sure our emotions don't get the best of us in a game. But I, I, I love what I do, and I love the guys I'm doing it with. And so it would be hard to contain it anyway. All right, go ahead. I'm going to ask the question that everybody wants to, but nobody dares. Okay. Why did you put Peasley in and then take him back out and put Bonner back in? when Bonner was injured that's uh, the question I've heard well the, the the injury got it it got progressively worse he felt fun and went out for another series and gradually swelling and some of the things that it made it where he felt like he couldn't do the job effectively and I thought it was good on his part to be able to tell us hey uh, coach it's it's getting worse uh initially sometimes the shock of, of a, a big hit like that you you feel like you're going to be fine as the game goes on as time goes on some swelling occurs and, and you're not so um you got to give both those guys credit, Peasley for being ready, but also Bonner for being able to, to be honest with us and tell us that 
I feel a little bit compromised. I don't feel like I can do the job the way I need to. That's so. a really mature way to handle it, too, it because, is. I mean, everybody wants to be out there. Everybody wants to be playing. But if you feel like you're hurting your team, yeah, that's pretty and impressive. He said, Coach, I, I can play, but I can't turn on the ball like I need to. And I feel like we're better off with Peasley finishing up, and Peas did a great job. Yeah, no doubt. Go ahead. Uh, you compliment uh, Coach Jackson a lot as far as in the strength. And I've known a lot of the strength coaches up here in the years that some, you know, are nutrition, some are endurance, some are strength. But what is Coach Jackson's philosophy that makes him so good? Well, all those are, are a part of our program. Uh, to me, it's just the, the culture that he creates. The confidence that you see in our guys right now, the ability to truly play 60 minutes, they are in great condition. They, are, they feel physically fit. They feel like they can handle a physical football game. It comes from the culture you create in the, in the weight room in the offseason. The absolute most important hire I made was Paul Jackson and his staff. I mean, I love all my coaches that coach on the field, but a strength coach at the collegiate football program spends 80 to 85% of the time with the players. They're going to play the way your strength staff builds them and prepares them to play. They're going to take on that that uh, personality to some degree. And you see a team right now that will not quit, that is physical, that can run for 60 minutes, and that's because I've got the best strength coach in the country, and I, I want to—I don't ever want to have a different one. I believe we have another question here in the back, Coach. The last few weeks, the teams looked like they've struggled adapting to off-script offenses. So they've missed reverses, double passes, all of Air Force's passing attacks. You talked about second-half adjustments, but what will you do differently this week? So the team is ready from kickoff to respond to those. Yeah, we talked about that today. You know, just pay attention to detail. Uh, try to do a little bit more, a little bit more prep, uh, film prep. Trying to make sure we can see some tendencies. You're asking a lot going from a spread system week one to a pro style 12 and 13 system, and then going to a triple option. That's a lot for. I, you know, I have never had a desire to be a defensive coach for that very reason. I mean, it's a lot, but um, the resiliency that they showed is something we can build on. We simplified, I think, a little bit and just tried to let them be competitive, and you can see that play out in the second half. Uh, probably a little bit of that approach this week, just simplify things, let guys play with some confidence because what we're going to see from Boise is every shift in motion you can possibly imagine. Uh, and coming off a triple option week going to that, it's going to be a challenge in itself, not to mention the athletic ability that they have. Uh, I, I would tell you, you know, our approach is probably going to be keep it very simple, let guys cut loose and play with as much confidence as possible so they don't have to think a lot. And I think we typically do better defensively when we take that approach. Uh, and, again, you can reach me on Twitter. we got some questions rolling in on this one. Are there any young players who have stood out to you in practice but uh, we haven't seen yet out on the field? Wow, young players. Well, we mentioned Sturger. Uh, yeah. I don't, I'm not sure. He's young to me. I think yeah. of him as a young guy, and he's, he's played some significant snaps uh, that, that we weren't expecting and, and played really well. Uh, he would be one that, that would come to mind. For me, um, defensively, you know, I don't know if anybody knows Sinny. Uh, uh, we call him Turbo. Turbo uh, played a, a nose guard pretty much, you know, a large amount of this last game and did a phenomenal job kind of in the fire. Uh, he's a guy that you probably don't hear his name a lot. He and, and uh, both Kessie, both those guys are young dudes that played right down in the, in the pit of everything last week and made some significant plays. So um, I think right now we're, we're – Probably playing more veteran guys at this point, but uh, you'll start seeing more and more young guys step in as the season goes on, as as attrition 
plays its part too. Some of those guys will also get more significant snaps. And you also have some youngsters you can use four games without burning their yeah, red shirt. Yeah. Do you like to use those? I mean, obviously we haven't seen a lot of them early on. Is that something you kind of wait throughout the course of the season yeah. and kind of a break glass in case of emergency kind of thing? Well, I think every rep they get in practice, they just grow up a little bit. So I think you're going to have a much better player at the end of the season than you do at yeah. the beginning. But also, I mean, you can't predict injury. And I would hate to burn four games with a guy and then need him the last four games of the season. So I think it benefits us in both areas. They have a chance to grow up and get better, stronger, kind of acclimated, but also chances to need them down the stretch when you're trying to get 74 guys on a plane and you got 68 of them that are healthy. Some of those young guys are going to take take bigger bigger roles, and I think they'll be more prepared at that point. Another question, our team's uh... – doing things differently to try to uh, slow down what Savon Scarver can do in the return game. Yeah. People, people get used to seeing, you know, 75, 80-yard returns from Scarver. And teams, obviously, that's a huge focus for them. Uh, uh, Troy Calhoun in his uh, in his press conference, it was about a uh, one-hour appreciation press conference for Savon Scarver. <laughs> so you know he's on the radar of a lot yeah. of these coaches. Yeah, you don't have a preseason All-American, you know, coming back as an All-American without people knowing. Now, they did kick to him the other day, and, and – we honestly, he should have had another one. We 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 missed a guy right in the in the in the gap that we were trying to create. If if we do a little bit better job with one guy, he's probably gone. I I feel like we kind of we kind of missed an opportunity, but we're trying also to create enough problems back there that wherever you kick it, there's potential problems. Yeah. I mean, you got DT back there, you got him. We've had DHC, we've had Gentry. I mean, who do you really want to kick it to? So. I'm hoping that we get more and more opportunities. Some of these guys can kick it out of the end zone, yeah. and they probably will. But uh, he, he has the ability when he touches it to, to light you up. And, and I know he's, he's itching to get some more opportunities. Boise State has had an interesting time uh, and very un-Boise State-like. They haven't stopped the run very well, and they're not running the ball very well. But also you look at their competition. They played really good teams. Is it yeah. more about the competition, you think, than maybe some – inadequacies that they're dealing with right yeah, now? Yeah, I, I would tell you they look physically look really well built. And, you know, just you would expect that had they played a couple games or early in the season with, with talent level that's a little bit different, Yeah, their numbers would look different. I, I don't I don't tend to look at the numbers very much. I look at the people and the operation of it. They play extremely hard in all three phases. They play with great effort. We have not seen that from everybody we've played this year. We've seen some guys that – we're sketchy at times, and you got it. I mean, these guys play hard in all three phases. They are not afraid to play physical ball, and they are built well. I, I would just expect they're going to come in here and play their best game, and we're going to have to play our best to beat them. Uh, they've got a new OC with a new head coach, Tim Plow, who's at UC Davis. Um, have they changed a lot who they are offensively, or is it still kind of run a lot of motion, a lot yeah. of pre-snap motion, try to find mismatches, stuff like that? Yeah, that really hasn't changed a whole lot. And obviously the head coach has, has ties there and been there. And so defensively and offensively, they look a lot like what you would t- expect. A lot of eye candy, a lot of bells and whistles trying to get the ball, the matchups that they want. And they've got some uh, a really good running back to transfer it in, a quarterback that make all the throw, one of the best wideouts we'll see all year. And they're going to find ways to do that. And – even if you take those guys away, there's going to be somebody else either crossing the formation or bending back. You've got to do a phenomenal job at, at, at being where you're supposed to be. By the way, on the flip side, I love, you know, seeing DT in the backfield, a lot of pre-snap motion with him to try to get mismatches with him because he's such a special player. Yeah. And I could tell that you and, and Coach Tucker are doing some really creative things to try to get him open. Well, Tuck and Cephalo and the offensive crew have done a phenomenal job. I, I really kind of stay out of their way. I give them a few ideas and really kind of get out of their way. They're doing a phenomenal yeah. job there. Uh, and, and he's that kind of guy, that very versatile player. I think we've got several that are that way. 
the good thing about what we're doing, as many catches as he has, and yes, he's leading the country, but if you look, there's a lot of balls being spread around. You can't just defend one guy, and I think that's the best thing we're doing right now is we are truly being a very balanced system, and, and you can you – can, you know, this dude's a great player, but we've also seen Brandon Bowling go by people, Griff go by, Derek Wright have big games, Calvin's running the ball. I mean, there's a lot of things going on. That's a lot of things to defend. Yeah, there's no doubt, and you got you got – things coming along quite nicely There's hopefully no we can just keep building on that well let's uh let's let you grab a bite absolutely let's talk to some players that sounds good to me coming up next you're going to hear from jake south also marcus moore coming up next it's the blake anderson coaches show from learfield all right welcome back to the blake anderson coaches show you're listening to aggie football from learfield we're live here at old chicago Love for you to come by. We do it every Tuesday, hang out with uh, Coach, ask Coach questions. We also bring by some student-athletes to get their thoughts as well. Joining us now, anchoring that offensive line, Jacob South, as well as uh, flipping the script and going to the trenches on the defensive side, Marcus Moore, kind enough to join us. Uh, Marcus, let's go ahead and talk uh, with you first, man. Uh, Congratulations on a big win. And I want to know from a guy that's got to be in the trenches against Air Force, how hard is it playing a game against a team like that? Uh, it was definitely a battle in the trenches, most definitely. Um, it was a, you know, long game. Yeah. You know, running, uh, they ran the ball a lot. Um, although I do think that um, wasn't it wasn't too bad. Yeah. <laughs> How hard is it to keep your composure when things aren't going well? You're down double digits. You know you need to get stops. I could tell there wasn't any panic on the sideline. What were the conversations like? to try to make sure you guys could could right the ship there? So we expect adversity to hit, and our coaches prepare us very well. Um, Really, we just, you know, stay locked in on the game and focus on the next play. Jacob, uh, from your perspective, you guys were able to do a lot of good things offensively in that game. Um, I got to imagine you're having fun, but what level of conditioning does it take to be able to play an offensive line, you know, the the biggest guys out on the field, but to be able to play at that kind of pace? Well, I mean, it's something that we prepare for back in January. We started, like, running and doing all that stuff. Like, we always talk about Coach Jackson and everything. He always does a great job of getting us in great shape and, like, great football shape, which is different than maybe running on the treadmill yeah. or something like that. But, um, I mean, I was recruited here with Wells and uh, Coach Yo, so I was more, like, recruited for this type of you offense. You were part of the 18 so, team. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And so um, maybe that's more why I'm – more keen to yeah. being in this fast-paced offense. but Can you tell teams wearing down in the third and fourth quarter when you're trying to run the ball and, and you guys have been playing at that kind of pace, can you start to feel their oh, yeah. their, their will kind of bend a little yeah. bit? Yeah, you definitely can because, like, guys come out first quarter and they're they're really hitting hard, and so it's like, oh, wow. it's <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, once that third, fourth quarter rolls around, then you can start feeling guys, like, lofting a little bit and, like, you're starting to move them a little bit easier. And so then that's, like – that switch kicks in in the back of our heads, and we're like, okay, it's time to go now. We're really going to start uh, moving the ball now. So, Let's talk about your path uh, from the uh, Pacific Northwest, correct? Mm-hmm. What was uh, – you mentioned you were uh, recruited here by Coach Wells' staff. What was the decision like to come here to Utah State, and what's it been like since you've been here? Well, really, like, I knew I wanted to come here um, on my official visit, which was probably about four years ago. Um, it's just so, so much different here, like yeah. the landscape and everything, just being surrounded by the mountains and – I took my official visit during the winter time and just seeing the snow everywhere it was just so beautiful and I fell in love immediately so um but that and just um I originally was a business major and then not right now I'm in journalism but uh 
But, yeah, it was just uh, – Those media guys are the worst, <laughs> man. You need to stay away from that. Oh, no. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it was the really the whole school and then just the whole aspect of uh, Logan itself, too. Marcus, you go to UCLA. Uh, you're from Pasadena originally, too, correct? Yes, I am. So you, you go to UCLA, you get your degree there, and then feel like, hey, you know, maybe it's time to go somewhere else. What was that decision like, and what led you here to Utah State? Uh, so for me, uh, I needed a new home uh, to continue my career with football. Uh, the previous coach, Anderson, recruited me up here. Um, the change, honestly, I, I like it. Uh, being up here in Logan, uh, it's great. Uh, it's a little more slowed down. Um, but I'm able to focus on football, focus on school, and um, I think that I'm progressing pretty well in both. Well, you, you know, both of you, you were, uh, Jacob, you were academic all Mountain West last year. Uh, you were on the, uh, you know, athletic director, you know, honorary uh, dean list there at UCLA, and you're going for your master's now. What are you, what are you working on in your master's degree? Um, physical sports and education. Nice. What do you want to end up doing when, the, uh, when it's time to hang up the cleats? Uh, when it's time to hang up the cleats, I want to uh, give back everything that I've learned uh, and possibly coach football. Nice. Yes, sir. And uh, you want to go the journalism oh, route? Oh, yeah, huh? possibly take your spot. <laughs> <laughs> well, the bar's not set that high there, folks, so uh, it shouldn't be too difficult. Oh, yeah. Uh, but you want to get on a game broadcast, huh? Oh, yeah, I love that type of stuff, just being around football. And um, if I was able to do that with journalism, journalism and something like that, that would be awesome. So, Well, let's talk about the season so far. And, Marcus, I mean, both of you guys, you know, that was not a, a fun season, I know, last year and, and, and dealing with one in five. And I know that especially, you know, you had had all that success in 2018 and Marcus, you'd had success at UCLA. Uh, when Coach took over in January, what was the vibe change like and how long did it feel for you guys to feel like, you know, you were buying in and, and you knew this could be successful? Marcus, let's start with you on that. Um, I think uh, when Coach Anderson first came in, I think it was honestly a great change for us. Uh, we were able to adapt uh, pretty well. I don't think that we've had any issues uh, since he's been here. I think it's been great since he's gotten here. Jacob, how about you? Yeah, I mean, from day one, he's been uh, preaching the whole one degree better. And so he's preaching that back in January. And so we're in September now. That's a lot of degrees. Yeah. So it's like um, just ever since then, one degree better every day. And I feel like I got a lot of guys have bought into that. Really, the, you know, a lot of people looked at this offensive line and they said, and Coach mentioned, he goes, the talent's there, but we got some young guys. The depth may not be there yet. We'll get there eventually. But how do you feel like you as a position group have, have come along this season? Because it seems like, you know, you, you're averaging over 200 yards rushing. You're playing really good teams. you got to take a lot of pride in that. Yeah. I mean, it, it all starts in practice and everything. We're going against a really good, amazing defensive line uh, all throughout spring ball and all throughout fall camp. And um, I feel like that really has helped us grow as an offensive line. And when we see these uh, defensive lines that we've played against so far, it's, um, I mean, haven't compared to what our defensive line is yet. So, <laughs> Well, Coach, uh, I mean, Coach Moore, let's put the coaching hat on. Uh, you got Boise State coming up this week. Kind of give me your keys on uh, what this defense needs to do up against a really good Boise State team. I think ultimately we need to come out uh, a little faster this, this week. Um, within the first half, uh, I think we need to um, pay attention to the details within our uh, assignments, um, and we need to execute them pretty well this week. Um, obviously, we need to stop the pass. We need to stop the run. Um, and, you know, play physical, uh, play with fanatical effort. Fanatical effort. <laughs> that was a good coach answer there. I like that. <laughs> uh, uh, Jacob, from your perspective offensively, you guys have had so much success with pace. You've done so many good things uh, getting up and down the field. Talk about what you guys need to do against the Boise State. Yeah, uh, our game plan really hasn't isn't any different from what it has been. Um, always just 
keep playing that fast as possible um, like our hair's on fire. And by the time third, fourth quarter rolls around, it's going to be the same story every single time. So um, I feel like we have a lot of confidence in that and just playing fast every day. So, You know, it would be okay for you guys to lead a game from the beginning to the end. <laughs> you know, that that would be yeah. all right. I think we wouldn't mind that as, as, as watching this team. Uh, but – Marcus, there never seems to be any panic. There never needs to be any nervousness, whether you're down to Washington State in the fourth, whether North Dakota is up 21-7 to in the in the first quarter, or you're down double digits four times against Air Force. What is it about this team where there's just never a sense of panic to it? As I said before, you know, we know that there's going to be adversity within the game, and uh, like I said, we lock in and we finish our games. What's the conversation? So there's been two times, Jacob, where you guys are down – you know, three points against Air Force, four points against uh, Washington State. You're over there on the huddle. Your defense has gotten stops. You got that three and out against Washington State. Uh, you got the fumble, or excuse me, you got the uh, the stop and the punt. Uh, and so you're down, and you got to make game-winning drives. For those of us that are not lucky enough or not fortunate enough mm-hmm. to play college football at this level, take us inside what those huddles are like when you're going onto the field and you need to make that game-winning drive that we all dreamt about as a kid growing up playing yeah. football in the backyard. Well, I feel like everyone is just so confident in uh, what their job is and what we're supposed to do. Um, and so it's like we all know that if we do our job at the – like uh, when it's like our time to do it, then yeah. really we all, we're all so confident that in each other and in ourselves that we can go out and do something like that. So, um, yeah, it's it's – Something that's happened every game. I know. <laughs> but it's got to be fun. I mean, when you, you know, whether it's uh, uh, Calvin Tyler taking it 61 yards, whether it's Logan Bonner hitting DT in the end zone for a game winning. I mean, those those are moments you're going to cherish forever. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. yeah, it's, we love putting on a show for the fans, keeping it interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, that you have. That there, There's no doubt there. Oh, yeah. Um, how much fun are you guys having right now, Marcus? I mean, you got to imagine, it's, uh, the, uh, from what I've heard about the locker room, you brought in a bunch of transfers, but it just seems like, Coach mentioned, if you walked in the locker room, you couldn't tell who's new to the team and who's been here for four years. It seems like it's a good uh, family atmosphere there. Oh, most definitely. Coach preaches uh, sticking together. I think that, you know, we are definitely a great team in that aspect. Um, I love my teammates, and I'm sure they love me as well. Right. <laughs> Jacob, how about you? Oh, yeah. It's, it's a tight-knit group. Um, all guys are always joking around with each other. You see DBs joking around with offensive linemen and running backs with linebackers, and it's just like everybody's a brotherhood, so it's really tight-knit. Who's the, uh, who, who are two of the three of the funniest dudes on the team? <sighs> That's tough. It's <laughs> tough. Yeah, they're going to be – whoever we say it, they're going to be arguing back in the locker <laughs> okay. room. Okay, so. well, we'll just leave it at that then. <laughs> well, gentlemen, we appreciate you. Thanks for hanging out with us. Enjoy the meal here at Old Chicago, and uh, look forward to catching something again down, down oh, yeah. the line. There you go, Jacob South, Marcus Moore, anchoring that offense and defensive line. We'll come back, some final thoughts from Coach, and uh, get you ready for Boise State coming up Saturday at 10 a.m. Pre-game show begins at 9. It's all right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield. Driven by you. All right, wrapping up another edition of the Blake Anderson Coaches Show here at Old Chicago. Really fun show, and by the way, can't compliment you enough. You got you got great student athletes there on that team. Those yeah, are good dudes. Yeah, we do. It, it makes it makes it fun to go to work every day. We, yeah. got, we got a great group of guys. All right, so 10 a.m. I know you've been asked this a lot, but you're an early rising team. You get a lot of work in in the morning. You don't anticipate 10 a.m. is a big deal for this squad. No, we. I mean, we were up early all fall camp. We were on the field every day by nine. Uh, I mean, so we, we went a whole month and a half of doing that. Yeah. 
they got a lot of early workouts. You know, with Coach Jackson in the off season, uh, we were up at six, six thirty. So we'll be doing a pregame meal at six thirty, and we'll be out on the field and, and ready to roll. I, I, I actually like it. I mean, I know it's a little unique to play that early, uh, but uh, I mean, you don't have a lot of time to think about it. You get prepared, you go to bed on Friday night, and when you wake up, it's time to play. I'm sure you prefer that a lot more than the 8.30 at night, right? Yeah, you give me 10 a.m. or 8 p.m., I will take 10 a.m. every day of the week. It's uh, That's a long, long day sitting around waiting yeah. and just the anxiety. But uh, you don't have a lot of time to think. You get up literally and you tape your ankles and, and you're, you're out there for pregame, you know, super early, ready to roll. Uh, Boise State, one and two on the season, but we mentioned still a really, really good team. And you and I were just looking at some of these guys defensively. They brought back a lot of guys. They, they, they used the super senior to their – to their benefit they've got some guys coming back that are some big playmakers yeah they, they've got a lot of experience uh veteran leadership on the team they're they're not panicked about one and two obviously not where they want to be they've been right down to the wire 21 20 you know they were way up against central florida and just kind of uh had some things not go their way late that they could very easily be three and oh sitting yep. here and had played a very very tough schedule so uh you know and again they haven't played conference play yet uh, at the end of the day you know, those games aren't going to factor into the conference race, and these guys are about trying to find a way to get into the championship game. Uh, as a guy that's uh, coached quarterbacks, what do you see out of Bachmeyer? Just it seems very poised to me. He can deliver all the throws. They do a good job, I think, with their offense of manipulating matchups and, and have some weapons. But he, he can get the ball really into every zone of the, of the field uh, and, and not a guy that, that is careless with it. I mean, he protects the ball really well. And then Khalil Shakir is obviously special, special wide receiver. Yeah, no doubt. Maybe the best one we'll see all year. Uh, you know, dynamic in space. They do a phenomenal job of moving him around. You have to know where he is. So, you know, you can't just get a beat on him lining up in one spot. You're going to really see him everywhere. Kind of like a little bit of what you guys have been doing with TT, just to try to keep 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 you on your toes, because obviously that's kind of the focus when you look at them offensively. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he kind of makes things go. Uh, you know, they they always have a big physical running back, and they, they have always run the ball well. I know their numbers are not great yeah. right now in that area, but but again, that's got a lot to do with who they play. But the different sets and formations and shifts just create so much you know eye candy. You got to know where their key players are, and that's where they build those matchups. They get you in the wrong matchup, they can expose you. So it's 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 not triple option football that we saw last week, yeah. but there's some dynamics of it that can be just as complicated. Well, I mean, it's it's crazy how, and we've talked about this when you took the job. I mean, the Mountain West is so many different variations <laughs> and so many different offenses. There's not a uh, rinse and repeat team in this league. No, and, and we just brought in and, cha- and and added another one to it. You know, yeah. that, that other people. So even what we're doing is on a on a, even a different level of what spread typically looks like. So, yeah, you've got to – defensive coordinators got to be <laughs> pulling their hair out. I, I don't imagine Coach Ben is getting a whole lot of sleep right now with with just the different variations that we've already seen, not to mention what's coming in the future. No doubt about that. Well, Coach, appreciate it. Always a lot of fun, and uh, look forward to catching up the, uh, before the game. Absolutely. Appreciate there you it. go. That's Blake Anderson, head coach at Utah State. Remember, pregame show will begin at 9 a.m. Kickoff is at 10 a.m. Tickets are available. Let's blow it up. Let's fill up that stadium. Go to utahstateaggies.com and get those tickets. Let's go. Uh, That wraps it up for us. Again, big thanks here. Old Chicago will be back with you next Tuesday right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield.